0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast. Of course, my name is Shabazz and I am one of your lovely hosts. Alongside me, I have Daniel. Hello there. How you doing? I'm doing great. Are you talking to me or are talking to the audience? I am.
1: I'm talking to everyone.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: The live studio audience we have in our studio right now. Yeah, which yeah. is weird. I wish they would leave. They personally. should leave, but that we are following social distancing rules and everyone's wearing a mask. So. That's good. That's good. That's yeah, good, we're that's following good. the rules here.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, beside Daniel and beside me, technically, because we're sitting across from each other, is
2: Anthony. Anthony, how are you? Good. Hello, everyone. That's, that's a good response. Oh, okay. Unlike, I'm like Daniel's who's like hello hello yeah he rambled on about some something about did, I, did i did i ramble on or was i asked a question about it? <laughs>
0: you somehow gave us too many answers to oh, one question okay okay yeah <laughs> um yeah how are you guys doing this week it's been a it's been a rough week and we're definitely gonna get into yeah it's for sure uh but
1: it also was a week where we got to watch some new movies as well like in we theaters did, yeah. so a lot of uh roller coaster of emotions this week yeah. for sure just to put it lightly yeah um yeah. No, I, it's, it's strange. Like, I think uh, like the elephant in the room, like with Chadwick Boseman passing, mm-hmm. there was a lot, like we kind of were discussing like, how do we go forward with this episode? What is it going to look like? Right. Um, and I think us not doing an episode, not to sound like high and mighty, but like when you, when you look at the life of Chadwick Boseman, which we're going to get to and what he's done and what he did while undergoing treatment for mm-hmm. cancer, he didn't stop. He no. always pushed forward because he loved what he's doing. And, you know, we always say we love what we're doing here. So I think for us to either to tiptoe around it or to not just go forward into what we love doing creatively, wouldn't be paying proper respect to him either. Yeah. He never so. uses
0: cancer as an excuse. No. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he fought it till the end. And when he passed it, it again shows that you, he would want everything to continue the way it is. Right. And people to do the things. So, yeah, for sure. i Yeah. We're here, but uh, we will definitely be getting into that. As always, you can catch a new episode of The Movie Podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can go ahead and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections by heading on over to thistimewith.com slash talk. Now, next week, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, just just for that week, in, in the odd chance that <laughs> Earth-shattering news. Uh, Sony pulls Spider-Man out of the MCU again. <laughs>
1: or, For some reason, again, they do it
0: this or, way. or the Snyder Cut is now called the Joss Whedon Cut, and Joss filmed four more hours of film <laughs> without letting anybody know. <laughs> then we'll be coming back to, to give you guys, you know, what's what's happening in the world of movies i
1: don't like did you did an accent for that i didn't do an accent you're, i'm you're just
0: tr- i'm talking seductively to the Oh audience. okay okay uh
1: but if, what's crazy to think though is that we'll be coming back with episode
0: 75 and what a what a bet's best way to come back you know it's so. 75 years old is pretty <laughs> like, much like 75
2: years it. in the making
0: it's like the, the jubilee right i don't
1: know what do they call 75 the years 75th anniversary gift Oh, what? Gift? Uh, the gift. Because you know how each anniversary kind of, like, represents... Oh, right, oh, like, right, right. This right. is... You get, I think... A wood the, You get year coal. Two. Oh, You okay. get, like, a toenail for one If of you're, them. yeah, dating Santa Claus, I guess. Uh, for the 75th anniversary, the gift is diamond. So, Ooh, we're going... Diamond
0: we're, anniversary. You know, diamond Jubilee. Diamond we're, we're, Jubilee. We're going diamond X, next X-Men. week, boys. We're going yeah. diamond. Oh, buddy. That's yeah. great. I'm excited. You excited, Anthony? Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm super excited <laughs> to be uh, to get my diamonds. Uh, you sounded a little fictitious like, there. I hope to get diamonds. You're not. You guys are not getting
0: diamonds. We're we're all getting rings. Championship rings. Yes, championship <laughs> rings would be great. Championship diamond rings. Championship diamond. Yeah. What's the guy uh, doing? What's the guy who made the Raptors once doing? Is he uh, busy?
1: No. Well, I'll make a call. No, I was making call. We'll him have on him on the show. Him. We'll ask <laughs> him see what he's doing. <laughs> but
0: before we uh, get into the news and the announcements and everything else coming up. Let's jump into our mailbag, and I will spare the audience this Please. week with Ooh,
2: mail. Is that a <laughs> new one? Ooh, mail. well, man. no. Usually, you guys send me mail, and you're like, "Read this and be prepared." <laughs> I don't... Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, warn you guys on this one because I want your, your... you want, an honest take. I want That's your true. honest That's
0: take. That's
2: true. That's good. Here. I don't. I'm not. Prepared for it, so no.
0: So the, so the answer you hear from Anthony, unfortunately, <laughs> will be right off the top of his head. Yeah, we apologize in advance. <laughs> so what was it you said last week? Like, listen, I can't say it on the spot. It's got it's got to just come from within, right? Something yeah, like something that. like that. Something like that. It wasn't one of your best quotes, but uh, it was up there.
2: <laughs> See, now you put me on the spot again. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the question. Yeah. Let's get to the question.
0: So, Gaspacho says. I'm curious to know, since one of the criticisms of Inception was the amount of exposition required to understand it, was Tenet a movie you wanted more from it? Or did you like that it didn't bog itself down in trying to make you understand everything along the way? Anthony, what about you?
2: Um, I'm going to say, I think for, for what it gave me, um, I didn't want more.
0: You didn't want more. I right? didn't want more. Yeah. No, because okay.
2: I think anything more than what I watched on screen would have probably it further, me yeah. and me frustrated me, or confused me, right? Where I just I would have given up on the film. Um, at this point, I think there's enough information that was shot and and told as a viewer um, to really want to dive back in and understand it. Yes. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't think it needed anything more than what was yeah. told.
1: Jamie, what were you? I 100 same camp. Again, my only criticism, my only thing that I want is I just want to be able to hear the exposition mm-hmm. that we that we got. Yeah, you right. know, we we said in our review, which you can listen to now in the movie podcast feed, that um, I think the exposition that was there is fine, but just hearing it, like literally actually hearing it, was the biggest obstacle for this movie. Yeah. So I'm hoping with my next viewing uh, this week that I'll be able to pick up on a lot more things that. I didn't the first time and just hear it. Yeah. Right. Same as you guys, I I think the,
0: well, I would at least hope that the amount of of exposition that's in the film already is just the amount that we need, but I know it's going to take maybe two viewings in total or three viewings to really get it because the audio is the hardest part about it. Um
1: and then eventually I think I'll fully understand it. Yeah, it's just right. gonna all unlock in our minds, and then we're gonna be like, ah, yes. it'll make sense. I
2: think it will make sense in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, like once you've you've dived into like the forums and getting other yeah. people's opinions, and then. Even when you get it at home, you can put the subtitles on right. and actually, like, yes. really focus on what they're saying. That's going to be my favorite
1: viewing with yes. subtitles. You're just going to, after all this, the big theater experience, this movie, Sandy <laughs> Theaters, is like, yeah, I just want to watch it with subtitles yeah, now. I want to watch it at home. Uh, we're going to wake up with a cold sweat in the middle of the night and be like, <gasps> I get it. I get it.
2: It it. It all makes sense You know what? The Travis Scott. So after watching the film and going back to Travis Scott's single, it makes more sense.
1: It was the final piece, the puzzle. It was. It was the skirt skirt that really just... And the vert. Yeah, and the vert. Skirt skirt with the vert. And I was like, "Mm, that's...
2: And he mentions a lot of things that are in the movie. Yeah. Uh, The whole song's a spoiler. It is. (laughs) Why did they release it before? Yeah, (laughs) it's really weird. He literally gives the ending away at the end of the song. Yeah, seriously. Uh, One thing I (laughs) noticed is Tennant... The soundtrack is not available in Canada yet. Not until no. it comes out in the states, which is the United cool. States. Not cool. Give yeah, it to we really like that score.
1: Oh, huh? I like the score. Uh, yo, of yeah, yeah, unreal. Yeah, yeah. unreal. Can't wait.
0: Some announcements, of, of course. Uh, we have our commentaries still up from Game Night, Sicario, and Spider-Man, Mr. Tobey Maguire. Not that they're going anywhere. <laughs> Not that they're going anywhere, uh, but they are going back into the vault soon, uh, oh, the wow. Disney vault.
1: Disney's taking them.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They said that you can have these commentaries up, but we're like, none of these films are Disney, though. And they're Not like, yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did say that. Uh, of course, we have our Black Lives Matter episode up, and the DC fandom, which was just about a week or two ago now. week like, ago. Yeah, a week ago. Wow, my t- time does fly interview with Kevin Lehman, the director of Enchanted. Um Whoa, wow. Uh Goofy movie, movie, Tarzan and, and Tarzan.
1: Sorry, I blanked out on what I literally did. deleted though that part from the doc today. I'm like, yeah. we'll remember I, and, and we'll is remember. I, I do
0: remember <laughs> because I, I talk about Kevin Lima all the time. And people are like, stop talking about Kevin Lima to me because <laughs> we don't know him. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 Uh our reviews for Tenet and the new mutants is also up separately on our channel and get those before they go in the vault, because I promise you <laughs> they will go in the vault. We'll go, you'll never hear what we yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> and we partnered with uh, We Are Geek Centric and the Untitled Movie Podcast too to do a episode on The Last of Us Part 2. We dive into it, talk all about it. Please give that one a listen, too, if you're curious about what The Last of Us Part 2 is.
1: I like that little poster. You like it's that like yeah, that's good.
0: And just in case you didn't know, Mulan is coming out this week to Disney+, Plus, September 4th. So that means we're going to still put a review up for you whether or not an episode happens next week, depending on the news. So stay tuned for that as well. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and join our Discord. Discord, not Discord. (laughs) Let's Discord with an English accent. The the Discord. The Discord. The Discord. Also, check out our show notes below for all the links and the time codes as well to jump to where you want to jump to. A review that we got this week on Apple Podcasts from Shake15. They gave us a five-star rating and said, I absolutely love this podcast. These are so funny, have amazing chemistry, and really interesting perspectives. I never fall behind now on what's new in the movie world. Legit, one of the best picadors out there. For all those who aren't familiar with what a picador is, it is a bullfighter. It's true. So, I'm not sure if they meant to write podcasts out there or picadors. I've never considered myself a picador, to be honest with you. I, um, I'm
1: afraid of bulls. I'll give you the the... <laughs> The Webster's Dictionary official definition a of a picador. Please. A bullfighter on horseback mm. who pricks the bull with a lance to weaken it and goad it. Um, I don't know if we've ever had that comparison, been compared to that role. Unless they're calling us like bull, like bullshit. Maybe. Uh, which I hope not. There's, there's, there's such a, nice words. There's levels wrote. to this rating, um, but I just appreciate it's five or stars. Or maybe
0: bullfighter because we're fighting against the bullshit. Oh, see, we're, mm. we're warriors
1: now. Mm.
0: Mm. Anthony, what do you think about this comment left by Shake15? Um,
2: well, I think she meant podcaster. <laughs> we don't know if it's a she. I mean, or do he, we know? He or she. Um, um, I don't know why I assumed. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I think they meant. I don't think... I, I've never heard of a picador. I didn't know they were... I thought they were just called bullfighters, but I didn't know in Spanish.
1: Well, it's, it's, a speci- it's like there's a manador and there's a picador. The picador is on the horseback. Yeah. As oh, we've
2: learned. It's like the clown? What?
1: No, I think that's just a rodeo clown, man. (laughs) I
0: think you're talking about the Joker. (laughs) Today's episode, we're going to be welcoming Ludwig Gore to the show to talk about his documentary, Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. So now we've all seen it. Can we talk about Ludwig? Can we talk about it with Ludwig about his experience on making the documentary? And what was it like talking with Tony Hawk?
1: Oh, I can't wait! This is going to be a great conversation. It's mm-hmm. yeah. such a such a fun doc as well, too.
0: Very so. fun doc. Definitely, we'll we'll get more into that later. But let's jump into the news. And of course, something they've already touched on right now: Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther star, dies of colon cancer at 43. This is coming from Mike Barnes and Aaron Couch. Chadwick Boseman, the electric young actor who projected so much vitality as a star of such films such as Black Panther, Get On Up, and 42, died Friday. He was 43. Bozeman died at his home in the Los Angeles area with his wife, Taylor Simone Ledward, and his family by his side. Bozeman was diagnosed with colon cancer four years ago, his family relieved revealed in a statement. He had never spoken publicly about his diagnosis. A true fighter, Chadwick, preserved through all, it all and brought you many of the films you have come to love so much, his family said in the statement. From Marshall to The Five Bloods, August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and several more. All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was the honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in Black Panther. In 2016, Bozeman appeared for the first time as Black Panther in Captain America's Civil War, and he went on to headline his own movie two years later. The Disney film directed by Ryan Coogler, Marvel Studios' first black director, became a cultural touchstone with its black-led cast. It went on to earn an astounding $1.34 billion globally and it's sitting at the number 14 spot on the all-time top-grossing film's worldwide box office. Nearly half of that came internationally, helping dispel all those tired Hollywood notions that black-led films could not perform well overseas. Osman's Panther became an icon for children of color, coming at a time when representation was only just the beginning of the priority in Hollywood. So this was um I mean, Daniel, you sent this to us about maybe a minute or less after it was posted by Chadwick's Twitter account, which is also now the most liked tweet on Twitter. In Twitter history, is, yeah. yeah. which is absolutely really insane. And I and I think collectively there was there was just this shock amongst us that and I mean as it should be for everybody, but it was We just didn't believe it. We were Mm -hmm. sitting there dissecting this tweet, you know, making sure there's nothing wrong with it. Um, But yeah, um,
1: how you been, how, how, what do you think, Daniel? What what do you, what did you say about this? Uh, Yeah, this, this was a gut punch this week, you know, and, and in the hellscape of what 2020 has been so far this year, um, you don't, you don't ever anticipate things like this, right? And especially with Chadwick, who I was a huge fan of, and, I remember, like back in the day, like in in twenty when when forty two came out, that's when I, I started seeing a lot of rumors circulating, like oh, like when Marvel does a Black Panther film, he would be the perfect one, and then he ended up getting casted a year later. Um, it's it's amazing to see the legacy he's leaving behind because obviously, when you think of Black Panther, I don't think in a long time there was a movie that was that much of a cultural phenomenon. You know, And I think that's the movie that really started... When you started to see those Twitter campaigns of sending classes to go see it, sending these groups of kids to go see it, hey, check out, go to the theater, say you're there to see Black Panther at this time. I bought the theater out for whoever wants to go see it. I think this was the movie that really started to popularize that. And not to just reduce him just as an actor in Black Panther or as King T'Challa in the movie, but the legacy of those movies is so important. And to think that he also played... Like, uh, like he played Jackie Robinson, he played Thurgood Marshall, he played, um, oh my God, James Brown and James Brown get on up, which is a great movie, which didn't, I don't think got the recognition deserved. I think it's a really, really great movie. It's, uh, it just, it just, it doesn't feel real, mm-hmm. you know? And I think all of us collectively were just shocked when, when that news dropped. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was, I was super shocked. I was, um planning to go watch tenant when you sent it. And once you sent it like my, I just, this, this sadness yeah. came and I'm like, I can't do, yeah. I can't go watch your mindset anime. changes. Yeah. You know? Like I did, not this was so shocking. It's like, I didn't, you know, you try to see the signs and you try to, did he, when did he have this? Did he, was it known? Um, he didn't look sick. Like last time I saw him, he, you know, he was, it was Academy Awards and all that. And, Man, it's it was such a shock to the to the system and you know, he represented so much for the culture and you know, Black Panther has brought, you know, black cinema to the forefront. You yeah. know, not only just making money, but just as you said, representation and you know, I was watching all these interviews and how all all these black people who love um Chadwick and what he did for them. And how they respected him, and like they just they saw him as, like this, you know, king. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he was, yeah. you know, it's so 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 sad. I'm I'm still shocked. I I can't believe this the sudden passing so young. But you know, cancer can come at any time at any age. Yeah, it doesn't no, pick and choose. Right? Doesn't pick and choose. Doesn't discriminate. Just so sad. It yeah it um.
0: I mean, you guys—you guys have said it all here. That it, it Chadwick, in, in such a short amount of time, he created a movement. Whether he wanted to or not, he did it, and that's—it it all comes from not only just his acting, but his commitment to it, his commitment to you know his his community, to the black community out there that he wanted to not just and and I think what was amazing about it is that. When he became King T'Challa, when he became Black Panther, it wasn't I've become this character. Anyone can become this character, right. and and we're not going to talk today about you know what's the future looking like for um, Black Panther because no. that's not what we're here to talk about. That's today. not what this is about, right? But I think right now, whatever does happen, it's in the best of hands because they know what they're doing. Right and at the end of the day, that's just as much as it's Chadwick's role. It's Chadwick wanted anyone to be the black panther
1: right it's uh i think one of the biggest shocking things is that you know we've been seeing a lot of messages from people coming out ryan Kugler wrote a beautiful beautiful letter um today that's been released everywhere you'll be able to find it um and not even ryan Kugler knew someone who yeah. was his collaborator for the last four years with like just he was talking about seeing him for the first time in civil war and you know making this movie and how chadwick wanted to make black panther more uh feel like this is something that like well no let's 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 talk in this language you know yeah. this is a black movie they're they're african let's let's incorporate this culture this is how it should be and just yeah. that he fought for those for that representation on screen i think that's that yeah, so didn't important. settle you know that was that was the most important thing and i and i can honestly i got i i was like just overcome with emotion on friday night yeah. watching Uh, just seeing all the tweets flooding in and like the interviews and his discussions where you knew that he was fighting with something Mm -hmm. and like, he'd be giving these interviews and like, just saying like that he was going through all this while also not making it public. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is just so honorable, not to say that people who come out are not, it's just that he wanted to guard this. He wanted to keep this within him because he wanted to, I guess maybe not be treated differently or be looked at as different, um and then just just seeing like every so often you see the portal scene from avengers oh, pop up on the twitter feed and just hearing the crowd reactions and just when black panther came out that's again i'm not even kidding you like that's the loudest i've ever heard of theater yeah. when that moment happened right uh, that and it's such a, it's so interesting because um I, I think in the script it
0: wasn't written that way i think it was someone else that comes out first right. but when that scene starts actually with black panther and with chadwick coming right out
2: I still remember the screams. Like yeah.
0: the the and I still remember my screaming yeah. like so I still have goosebumps talking. I know. You. Um we do have a write-in um from Nicole who wrote in uh about Chadwick, so I just <clears throat> wanted to give this a quick read. Hey boys, just wanted to send my love during what is a difficult time for all movie and Marvel lovers. The loss of Chadwick Bozeman is tragic and has sent ripples across the world showing how far his reach as not only T'Challa, but just as an amazing actor and human has gone. This is especially true for the black community who have suffered far too much loss and trauma this year. I hope that everyone who has been touched by this can find time to heal and remember him for the incredibly moving, intelligent, and talented person that he was. This all being said, I would like to leave you with a question. What can we as a movie community do to ensure we allow Chadwick's legacy to live on? Much love, boys. Nicole. Thank you for that, Nicole. Um... Anthony, do you have? uh... Uh, Well,
2: I think I think Chadwick has a a large or a huge legacy because he chose these iconic roles that will always be a part of him, and you know, especially with playing Jackie Robinson, which is. And it was Jackie Robinson Day too. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. Um, A real life iconic black man who struggled to you know. Yeah. Defeat oppression in MLB, and um, and then playing James Brown, and then playing Black Panther. Yeah, you know this this made up character, but doing such a great job with it. I think he that's his legacy right there. And then just again, reliving those mo- moments in those movies that you know showcase him. Yeah, especially with he shows up in Endgame. He's the first person yeah. next to um, is it Captain America? But, Catherine Marcos was yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it's. I think that's how we we prolong his legacy. I think, you know, I don't know what it would look like in the couple of years. You know, there's always awards and all that, um, right? But I think our memory of him and watching his movies and being part of movie history. He's done a fantastic job at it. like he's left that legacy, right? And I know he has one more movie that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, with Viola Davis, I believe is yeah. coming out later this year.
1: It was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um. Mentioned. Yeah, I think I think Nicole. Like as soon as I saw that you wrote this, I thought immediately of just. And I know we're we're going we're going back to Black Panther a lot. His his legacy is insurmountable of how big it is and these yeah. characters that he played, but. I immediately thought of the end credits of Black Panther and in the first after credit, when they're at the first, the world nations, the UN. UN, And, uh, and I, and honestly just, I'll read this here. He says, we all know the truth more connects us and separates us in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we are one single tribe. And I think, if anything, that's a legacy that we should all be following. Mm. And when we look at that quote and we look at the movie, sometimes you forget of how timely it is, you know, and how this this is something that this movie came out in 2018 in a time <laughs> where the world's very divided. And we're still very divided two years oh, later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just something that ripples throughout time. And I think that's his legacy. And I think that... Will forever have the movies that he made. Will forever have the videos that he had, that he, the videos of his interviews and his discussions. But, um, the person is what we'll miss, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I think Chadwick, you know, not focusing on his personal life and you know his cancer, uh, that speaks a lot to just his ethic as as a human being. And I think when you look at when other people want to look up to him and, and go into the movies or do whatever they want that if he could do it and he pushed through it and made these phenomenal films and, you know, we should all have the strength and the courage to do it as well. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, he'll be sorely missed. And I mean, I, I think everything right now is still very fresh. Yep. You know, people it's are still wrong. reacting. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how everything kind of moves forward, but I think what has been amazing so far is the general reaction has been sadness and it has been hope at the end of the day. No one's, no one's been like saying anything negative about it, which is always good to see. Right. It'll be missed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to our next story. DC Fandom drew 22 million views. And here's how Warner Brothers pulled it off. This is from Adam B. Very Variety. So the DC Fandom event on Saturday was a grand experiment by Warner Media to see if DC Comics fans would... congregate virtually for what amounted to an eight-hour string of programming about DC's movies, TV shows, and video games. According to the studio, the DC fandom Hall of Heroes event generated 22 views across 220 countries and territories over its 24-hour run via the in-house player, live streams by comic book influencers, and other content generated by fans while watching the event. And DC fandom trended on Twitter in 53 markets and on YouTube in 82 markets. The team quickly resolved to make the event global, broadcasting it in nine languages. English, Spanish, traditional Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, French, German, and Italian, and streaming over 24 hours to allow all audiences a chance to watch at a reasonable time. And with that flat, boxy nature of Zoom calls already becoming ubiquitous, they decided they needed to uh, make the presentation as visually dynamic as possible. Special kits were shipped to the hosts and panelists who were appearing either solo or with another person that included a green screen and instructions for how to shoot their segments, capturing their full bodies. So it looked like they were standing together on the virtual Hall of Heroes stage designed by DC Chief Creative uh, Officer Jim Lee. Larger panels that will still need to be happened over video conference received unique backgrounds to avoid a uniform and blend. I think um, we talked about you know DC Phantom already, and I, and I think what stood to me the most about it is that you can tell they really wanted to try something. Yeah. And they they did something cool. Yeah. It, right? And I think of all the things that we've kind of watched this year virtually, this felt the closest to me going to a Comic Con. Uh at least this year is what I mean. Yeah.
1: No, it's 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 funny. Like like I think people like there were there were some like tweets here and there that people were making fun of how like janky sometimes it looked. But I mean right. at the end of the day, like they're trying to do something different. Yeah. Trying to do something fun and unique and like it's they they took like when we compare this to Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago that we were talking about how like nobody really watched it 22 million people tuned in to the specific player yeah. on the DC fandom website right. and they they there was a lot of work that goes into this so yeah. it was like they they did something cool with it it's it's all baby
0: steps you you got to start off right and and see how it goes and i'm really hoping next year if this you know really did so well which yeah. it did that can only mean that next year will they'll come swinging
2: for sure, we can cut out the green screens. You know, <laughs> um, I can't blame Comic Con for for what it had because it did what it could with what it was given. Because right. DC wasn't going to show up because they were going to do their fandom. right. They're
1: dependent on other on it, other studios and things showing yeah. up, right? So for I don't
2: sure. like. I I think really to unless you know next year there is a physical Comic Con where people can visit, I don't know if it's going to ever be the same yeah um but fandom is here to stay i hope so, so dc fandom is here to stay and it like with the amount of views that it garnered 22 million is a lot of people watching yeah and that's, that's a not, lot
1: and that's not even including the millions of views the trailers have gotten on their own that have been uploaded to the warner but like the batman trailer yeah. off social media right like, that's that's just from the dc fandom website which is pretty spectacular yeah. right and
2: that's and to tell you the truth yes it was new and and they were trying something different there wasn't a lot of content given in the sense that it was something like you would see at a comic con like batman trailer was the saving grace for me for this for this um fan, uh, fandom um even the trailer for um Gotham Oh Gotham Knights Gotham Knights Wonder Woman to tell you Wonder Woman should be out by now right so yeah. like seeing a trailer doesn't really do much for me. I would have, like I said, right. love to see a opening sequence or something that shows. Right, a little like, more here's a clip of it something. Yeah. But hopefully next year they can do better, and that's sure. and yeah. that's how it is. You just get better and better at it. Jim Lee now knows the workflow of what it takes to make this happen. Yeah, and he did it during a pandemic. Right. So imagine when there is no pandemic, especially in the states, right, where you could get people to come and now have a, a budget like a yeah. proper budget right. to make this even better. I I wonder
1: if Comic-Con approached companies at all. Like, I wonder if Comic-Con was like, hey, we're thinking of maybe doing a digital event. We could partner with Warner Brothers or something because usually, like, I wonder if those calls were had or maybe DC yeah. once, Comic-Con backed out and they said digital event. DC's like, why are we going to go on the Comic-Con stage when we can make our own event? I don't know, but right. I, think, I think it was a, a huge... Uh, success for them yeah and i think it made me go like damn like i'd love to see marvel do a fandom or i'd yeah. love to see like other come I, th- I hope the fandom branding is like something that we can look forward to every year yeah. like mm-hmm. we look forward to comic con or we look forward to d23 or whatever i think mm-hmm. this is an awesome outlet for uh yeah. for DC and, and, and movies. i like that you know these stuck to the whole 24
0: hour timeline yeah you know because whether this stuff was leaking or appearing on different websites still it was still nice that you could go to this and sure. watch it happening mm-hmm. yeah you know the the we live in a world where everything is just so accessible of you just tap and start streaming right. but to watch something quote unquote live which is not live but just watching it happen it was very cool yeah i really it. that. I, felt I, surprised.
2: I really i i would say their schedule was really really well done everything mm-hmm. was well paced there was no technical difficulties no everything played out smoothly over the 12 24 hours or really like how many hours? Eight I hours it was like eight eight probably like eight or nine hours. Yeah, yeah. and then encore presentations. Yeah.
1: We didn't like have any like interruptions at all. No, no, it was consistent feed, and I'm just glad, honestly, like yeah, the green screen and sections looked a little funny, but I'd rather watch that than just see somebody's blank wall. Yeah. To be honest. Like I, I like that they did they try to do something. Fun with they tried, it. yeah. As as weird as some of the transitions were, sometimes where it's like the whole claymation he, thing was, really you know, like here's here's this movie, and then like some host would be like, "Isn't that amazing?" I'm like, "Okay, yeah, like, relax." Yeah, <laughs>
2: sometimes it of a bit cheesy, you know. Yeah. Like I it, don't it, even it, think it needs uh, someone to hosts or host. anything. Like hosts are they don't need it for this. They're they a little bit this. arbitrary, yeah. yeah. They just say a couple of words, right. and then it goes to the to the to the the next panel, the next, the next, the next panel. panel. Yeah. You just might as well go to the next panel for a title page. And we know what it yeah, is. Yeah, maybe, maybe
1: they'll look at that last year. I guess they wanted to do it this year because the panels, panelists are all from, I guess, around the world. Right, right, but right. I th- I'm, we've seen the best presentations are just content, content, yeah. content, yeah. content. So throw that. I'm hoping for next year they just. Yeah. And it'll be less work for them, I think. Yeah. Too, so. let's,
0: <laughs> let's see what happens. So let's jump into something that we, again, have not done in a very long time. It's been a long time. The box
1: office. Cha-ching! That's oh. usually Anthony's job. It is. But
2: I, I I saw it in his eyes. I don't think he was going to do it. I saw it. in his eyes. I, didn't well, I was watching it. you, like, uh, you know, crunch up your lips. <laughs> <laughs> crunch, I saw you crunching I your lips. I saw you crunch my lips. You were like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, like... I was just like, I was like literally looking like at him like... You, <laughs> you made like this pouty and then your lips got all like... Mushed up and you're
0: ching, and you were like, "Oh, I know those lips. That's right. those ching lips." It
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> almost sounds racist. It does sound I don't racist. like it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those those money lips. <laughs> <laughs> you got dollar signs on your lips, boy. Uh, Anthony, let me just do my sound. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Tenet enjoys a surprisingly strong debut overseas. This is coming from Rebecca Rubin, a Variety. Christopher Nolan's Tenet launched internationally this weekend, generating a surprisingly robust $53. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. 50, that was just us. That's us. Uh, $53 billion debut despite the ongoing pandemic. The sci-fi epic long pegged as the film that would restart movie going after prolonged cinema closures had the strongest start in the United Kingdom, where it made $7.1 million. It launched in 41 international markets this weekend, including France, which made 6.7 million, Korea with 5.1, and Germany with 4.2. Next weekend, the film's going to be opening up in U.S., Russia, and China. Mm-hmm. Do
1: we know what how it did in Canada? I didn't see any numbers for Canada, um, but not a bad start for not this movie. Not a bad no. start at all. No dude. U.S. numbers yet, no. obviously, but. Yeah. We're, we're worldwide, I guess technically. Yeah, in, in, Canada. in comparison, like Dunker
0: can Interstellar, they made about close to fifty million on their opening weekend, but that was domestic, right?
2: Right, fifty three million is good news for um for the movie. I know I was ta- talking to you guys. If you have a chance to watch this film, watch it. Because you never know if this movie will be pulled from the theaters because, you know, numbers go up. up, And we've seen that in um, South Korea where they had to postpone the release of Mm -hmm. Tenet because numbers went up. So if you do have a chance to watch a movie and do it in a safe way, please go watch it. Um, But yeah, 53 million during this time is that's that's good. It's not the best but it's good and then next week you, you see it opening in china yeah. and but, the u.s and the u.s i don't know where in the u.s select like selectsies, selectsies. Selectsies. Selects- because i think california yeah. is just in them. florida apparently it's open uh, so um, <laughs> well california and new york being their biggest markets they're not opening so i don't know if nebraska or seattle uh, or, <laughs> or, <you> know, <laughs> Hawaii. hawaii watching <laughs> it know.
0: But like China, Arkansas, yeah. we have we have fans everywhere.
2: Christopher does. Christopher Nolan does well in China. From yeah, from what I've been reading. So I know they've had like great box office success with movies that were made in China. So right. hopefully this will help. You know, Warner Brothers at least. You know, Disney he doesn't need the money as much as Warner Brothers does, right? <laughs> yeah. How much? Uh, how much debt is Warner Brothers in? Uh, I think like a lot of debt. 150 billion or something. Like that. I think. When I think that, it was.
0: I think it was 53 million,
1: and yeah. they, just, they made it right back. I think when I saw debt, it just said LOL. <laughs> yeah. like, I, don't, I don't understand. It's what like that you means. won't even understand this number. <laughs> how are you running? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but obviously, if you like Anthony said, if you are planning to go watch this, do your research, um, be safe, wear a mask, don't be dumb. Because uh, this is a movie that you definitely want to watch on the big screen for yeah. sure.
0: When we say don't be dumb, that's also just in general. Yeah. Like That doesn't yeah. even matter about the movie. That's
1: just a life choice. Just don't be dumb.
2: Yeah, don't be dumb. Don't get high either because then you really won't understand what's happening. Or maybe you'll understand well, it. Maybe
0: you'll understand it more.
2: No. <laughs> Andrew's like, I tried. Because, I was high when I watched Because those it. people going backwards will then be forwards to them. Oh. What if, if the when you're were... high
0: and you're watching it, you literally go backwards? I, I feel like I the it's scariest movie. I think it's the opposite.
2: Movie. It's like the inversion yeah, is yeah. the opposite if you're high, right? Well, we have to Damn. find
0: out. We will probably go watch it this week. We should all take one edible. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. as in, like we should all share one edible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll hit we after it? the movie drops. Yeah, like we'll take bites of it throughout Why? the film. Why can't we have our own? Okay, fine. I'll get you guys edibles then. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> all right, this is recording, right? <laughs> oh, that's yeah,
0: legal that's fine. Right. It's legal here. Yeah, it's legal in Canada. Um, also, in case you're wondering, the new mutants made seven million domestically this weekend not bad not bad for a film that people Is, didn't know yeah. was
2: coming out not bad for a film that's not bad yeah there you go they, yeah. they should i still think they should have released it on disney plus i know but they shouldn't they couldn't. should they oh yeah forgotten forgot the hbo deal stupid hbo stuff oh. <sighs> Studios. If you make your own content, stream your own content. Yeah, but that, don't sell it to anyone else. <laughs> that's,
1: that's Warner Brother money. That's HBO Warner Brothers. I right. Know. That's their they money. need that. They need, they that, need money that money. They're in the debt. debt. <laughs> don't you know what this debt of <laughs> They need that
0: new mutants money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but let's jump in some trailers. Trailer.
1: Oh. oh no, I, I, I start. Yeah, you do start. But I i think Anthony thought your first trailers was the beginning. Oh, no, that the... might.
0: It was too high. Got gotcha. you. All
1: right, we'll I'll, try. will try again.
0: Yeah. Trailers. Trailers. trailers 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 i have a fourth person trailers. today, uh, but we have three trailers this week uh, first one is come play this is a horror movie i think which the trailer i forgot completely now but it looked not so great it made me want to not play and not watch <laughs> okay uh, I'll see if I can pull it up here so you guys can see what Come it is.
2: Did I watch this trailer?
0: I, did you add this to the? I doc added. It. Or you added. It to I the added doc doc. It I didn't. Play. I did not watch this trailer. Yeah, yet. I watched this trailer and I was like, why? Um, this movie was actually called Larry before.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not even kidding. I remember <laughs> seeing the the picture of the the mom and the kid under the bed. Yeah, yeah. So okay.
0: this is this is uh, starring Julian Jacobs from. Um, uh, oh my God! What's her? She's from Community. Yeah, and John Gallagher Jr. Mm-hmm. and they play like a husband and wife, and their son. Can see a creepy monster named Larry, I think, or something
1: God, like that. There's a lot of movies that have like, oh, the sun could see, or yeah, the kids could see something.
0: And the thing is, you watch this trailer and you get, ex- and it's just the silly jump scares. It's he can only see my, I think, through
1: the iPad as well. Interesting. So no.
0: yeah, he'll like hold the That's iPad stupid. and then no, yeah, I know it is. It's, just, it's technology off.
1: can't see. Is this anything. an iPad commercial though? Uh, it, is this it, it, Power it's, of the iPad
0: Pro? The, and the trailer AR did end <laughs> with the Apple logo, <laughs> and I was like, huh, interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting new campaign pain by yeah. shot on iPhone interesting okay uh, but yeah no it's it's gonna be a huge no for me personally <laughs> uh, Enola Holmes which is the Netflix Sherlock Holmes Spinoff, spirited sequel—not really a sequel at all, but spirited
1: adventure world. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes. There's been a lot of Sherlock Holmes. There's been movies. so
0: much. You know what? I'll be honest. I don't think we need any more Sherlock
1: Holmes. No, but that's why we're getting Enola Holmes.
0: And now yeah. we're getting Enola Holmes. I actually, actually I like this trailer. trailer. Yeah, yeah, Millie. Yeah, I like this trailer too. Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill. Yeah. and I forgot who's playing the who the brother. Helena Bottom Carter, as well, too, is playing... Oh, she's playing the mother. The, the thank mother. God she's not playing the mother. The Mama Holmes. Yeah.
2: So, is Enola an actual character in the Sherlock um, universe? I
0: think it was a spin-off character that another
2: author created. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I really dug this trailer. I thought yeah, I had, me um, too. Millie Bobby? Yeah. She did such a great job of playing this... Yeah. Um, you know... Riled up... Yeah. Like, very similar to, like, Robert Downey Jr., who... Played like Chris, smart, uh, kind smart, of. yeah, smart ass, like wise. Yeah, yeah. It, it gave smart me, uh, ass is the right word for for the for her character. Yeah, yeah like a cheeky character. Yeah, it gave yeah,
1: me cheeky. Dickinson vibes. The Haley uh, uh, Steinfield show. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah, yeah. Apple TV, like because it's just like oh, it's like this older time period, but like she's acting very like modern, rambunctious and oh. smart assy for call a girl of that time
0: period. As right. The, the age. How dare
1: she? As a woman should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah no I like the straight up. That was yeah. really good and it's a uh, movie though it's it is not, a movie it is it's a, movie, a TV yeah. show Okay, and it's, it's coming out soon yeah.
1: September 14th I believe yes sir yeah With Enola, Enola Holmes I I mean then Henry Cavill September 23rd okay
0: on Netflix that's my, my parents anniversary now. oh so happy anniversary to them yeah. they can watch Enola Homes. they can
1: watch Enola Holmes without you uh, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes though I mean I want to see that movie now too
2: but like, but does he spend, do but does Dude, he spend? much he's just
1: Sherlock with his shirt off the whole yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> does he spend any of the film with his shirt off? That's the question. Probably not. Do you? So do you think Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes has any shirtless scenes? No, I think so. You think so? I
0: think there's one scene where he's there. He's just working. The, the camera's on him for like 15 minutes. Yeah, and it's, it's no cuts. Yeah, yeah. And he's literally just. Just sweating out. for some yeah. reason, trying to, like, solve a murder. Yeah, yeah. But he's just sweating, and he's like, oh, my my shirt, I, I must take it off. Yeah. He, so he takes <laughs> off his shirt, and it's just biceps. Yeah. Are just. He's also just curling, like, a like a tree stump or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then Mycroft's like, Sherlock, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I must solve this murder. But, like, he's getting more and more, like, like it's just,
1: just shots of his torso. It's like, your mind's my strongest muscle, yeah. but he hasn't seen my biceps yet. What?
0: I will get Moriarty.
2: I, I've never like. I guess I'm not into the Sherlock universe, so I don't know much about Sherlock and like his his muscles, his muscles. He's this, and, like, he's not very muscly, from what I know. No. And his sister, I, I didn't even know he had a brother. So yeah, he had a brother, of Mycroft. Yeah, uh,
1: who who just played uh, Sherlock Holmes as well too? Why am I blanking on his name? Ian oh, McKellen. I, I thought you were talking about um, Will Farrell. It's oh, and Holmes and oh, Watson. Oh, God. I remember? Yeah, no, yeah. I was thinking Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. McKellen. yeah, yeah they, Sh- they, I think they, they Sherlock don't... was like 200 years old in that movie. They've done so many. Do <laughs> you
0: remember the old cartoon, uh, Sherlock Holmes in yeah. the 21st century or 27th century
2: yeah. or something like that? Did you yeah. ever watch that? Mm, I don't think so. It had a very catchy theme yeah. song. <laughs>
0: Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century.
2: Was it like Sherlock,
1: like, Transporters of the Future? I think so. Yeah. Something oh. like that. And then there were Sherlock gnomes. And then there was Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And then the Sherlock BBC show. Which with, is a fantastic you know. show. And then we're getting a third Sherlock Holmes movie with Supposedly, Robert Downey Jr. yeah. Yeah. Although, are Sherlock Holmes? We're living in the Sherlock connaissance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, very
0: surprised by that. Next trailer we got was Ammonite. Which I don't think I saw this trailer.
1: What is this trailer? Who this put is, this in? <laughs> I did. Oh, this I'll is uh, this is like one of the big TIFF movies this year. It's with it Kate look, Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. It
2: looks very Oscary. I don't even want to say Oscar. It looks very boring. Oh yeah, I saw this. actually. Uh, but I get it. I get. It. It's one of those Oscar baby. 1840s movies. England. Yeah. 1840s England. Um, Saoirse is about. Ronan. She's gonna get nominated for her sixth Oscar for this movie, probably. Yes, uh, Sersha Ronan. Yes, yeah, Sersha Ronan and Kate Winslet. Um, Kate Winslet plays like an archaeologist, and Sersha is kind of given to Kate Winslet as a as like a assistant. Yeah. To help her discover fossils near the the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? They fall in love. They fall in love. Very similar to uh Carol. Yeah. With um Kate, um, Kate, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Yeah. So it's like that, you know, those those stories where oh we're we're working together and then all of a sudden they like, fall in like love. It's like forbidden love kind of thing. And it's during a time when, you know, Period. Heresy at that time. heresy. uh, She's married, and uh, Saoirse Ronan looks like a little girl in this movie, so it's a little bit of heresy on that part. Yeah, yeah. Kate Winslet needs to keep her. She always ends up like uh, there was
1: the one with her hands. What was the other one
0: with uh, Kate Winslet and the the boy, where they're? Oh yes, Kate Winslet and the boy. Is that what (laughs) the movie's called? (laughs) It was that was the the Nazi movie, the Nazi film. Yeah, 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 was it the teacher or? Yeah, it had a
2: name like that um the student the student <laughs> the teacher the, yes she was nominated for academy award i think probably she um, was it was she was on but it looks yeah. so boring. oh the reader no not the, that was the reader. no was it the reader it just looks well, so boring yeah like i watched it and i got oh i don't it looked depressing yeah. and sad like Sersha ronan really did well with brooklyn yeah um yes yeah, so it's called the reader by the way the
1: she, she's been on I, five times i think now. yeah sure sure, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: she's fantastic but i'm like just watching this and like am i gonna really want to watch this story because it just feels like an english yeah film not to say that we're
1: jury. we're not part of it but i feel like this is like like the film twitter like this is like this the is a movie that right. everyone will be like it's that, you
2: need to watch exactly the hoity-toity yeah I, you know, <laughs> cup of tea. Right. You just look like you're describing a British person. Right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about God the Queen. in this movie, too. You know? And here's the thing. We just want to make it very clear. We love everybody. Oh, we love sure. No, no, 100%. Sure. I I
2: just, I'm just saying it looks fucking boring. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like it could be bad. I don't think it's for us. Right. But you know what? Yeah. If we
0: end up watching it, we'll give our reviews
2: yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, this. this was
1: one of the big films at TIFF this year. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It's the to only film se- <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm curious to see what the reception is. It's probably gonna be received great. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's, it it's just like, it just feels like one of those movies. It'll probably be a good movie. You know, and, and that's the thing. It, like it I feel will. like we'll watch them like this this is great, but like every year I think there's always like those movies, not to put it in a box or anything, but there's yeah. those movies that are like, oh that's this movie of this
0: year. You, you know? can tell, yeah. You know? yeah. It's like when um Phantom Threat was coming out, you know? and I was like, Oh my oh. gosh. I was like, how oh. is this
1: this was
2: that, that was his Greatest role, he said. Yeah. He's like, I can't even watch myself. And this is the last role I'm ever gonna do. I remember Dan and I were watching it and we were like, what
1: the like, I we, wish we, I, we had I, to force each other to keep our eyes open. Yeah. I I yeah. You know, there there's a huge there's a huge fan base for f- Fandom Phantom Threat. It just I, it was a hard watch. Yeah, I, I just didn't. I, you I know didn't, what? That's I, couldn't get into I think that's okay. Daniel, it. Daniel, I couldn't Daniel get into
2: Day it. Lewis's last role is that movie. I needed him. How to do you feel? So my eyes open? open.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be just. fan I don't think killed.
2: he's done. And then after that was before that was Lincoln, which you you wanted to like cut out your eyes because it was so <laughs> fucking long. I, I thought yeah. you were saying
1: I wanted to be shot at the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, like literally. And then he was like, I hope
2: I get <laughs> shot in this theater. Lincoln <laughs> jokes <laughs> just became funny, by the way. Just today. What, I think one of his last great roles was Gangs of New York.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big great, time. Great or, or no,
2: There Will Be Blood. There and Will there Be will Blood. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: But, yeah, this movie,
2: uh, Ammonites? Ammon, Am- Ammonites. I believe that's a Ammon. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, a, because that's it's an evolved rep- it's Pokemon. It's supposed to be a fossil. An Ammonite is yeah. a fossil of sorts. It's like oh, an amberish fossil. Interesting. Really, interesting. I believe. Yeah, I'm not a philosopher. Write and
1: let us know what an Ammonite is. If
0: you're a... If you're a fossil, if you're hunter, an ammonite, fossil. Fossil <laughs> if you hunt for fossils because they're always you know loose, let <laughs> us know. Uh, out this week, Tenet is coming to the United States of America. Uh, so if you're in one of those cities where it is playing uh, and it's safe to do so, and the theater doesn't make you sit beside 100 people, go go watch it. Uh, but make sure you're practicing all the proper procedures before watching a film in yep. theaters. Make sure to wear a mask. That's the best thing I'll say. Mulan is going to be available on Disney Plus for the premium access. Um, I'm not sure if this is confirmed yet, but there are rumors or at least some notion that the film will be available on Disney Plus for regular paying subscribers Starting in December, I believe.
1: Yeah, December 4th is what uh, is the date. What was going around, saying that it's going to be on the service then. Anthony's nodding, like, and that's when I'll watch it. Well, you know, I have to renew
2: my <laughs> my Disney Plus membership right? if I want to do that
1: right. Now. There yeah. you go.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So, what have we been watching? We'll start with Daniel. Hello.
3: Oh, we're not going back to the, the beginning of the show. <laughs> and welcome to the movie podcast. <laughs>
1: um, this week, obviously, uh, a lot of new movies came out this week, so... Uh, I checked out Dunkirk, obviously not a new one. New, new movie. So yeah. I'm starting with an old movie. But I was watching Dunkirk the day before we watched Tenet just because I'm like, let me just get in that Nolan mindset. Um, obviously, we watched Tenet, which you could listen to our full 25-minute review yeah. on the movie podcast feed, which I really recommend because we really dive into it. Uh, it's pretty spoiler-free. Uh, we don't, I, I, I think. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you understand anything in this movie... And then you listen to a review. I don't think you'll be able to be like, "Oh, the movie podcast spoiled this." You right. Know? Um, we also watched the New Mutants, which is still weird to me that we've watched this movie. And I think, um, you know, I, I was talking like I was talking about it this week. It's unfortunate that this movie is going to get like it's coming with a lot of baggage mm. attached to it, right? All the which the, we knew in a right. way, right? Going you know, into it, there was the thing of the reshoots, which the reshoots didn't actually happen. Yeah, uh, there was the shifting release dates and. All the bad luck that this movie got. And you know what? It wasn't a bad movie. I think we walked away saying, hey, you know what? We actually enjoyed that.
0: We're not not saying you have to go out and watch it. No. But we're saying that if it comes to a streaming service and you're curious, you you actually may also enjoy it. Yeah. Just don't set your sights on the greatest superhero film of all time. No. It knows it's not that.
1: No. And it doesn't even feel really like an X-Men movie. It just feels like, oh, this is like a... It just feels more akin almost like to like what I thought splits was right. where it's just like this, like there's these super powered beings in this world. And now this is a hospital where all they're, they're all being helped. So, mm. Uh, I checked out, uh, so there's a new DC animated, uh, movie out called Superman, man of tomorrow. We were talking about it a few weeks ago. Cause it had yes. a very art style, right? ar- a distinct art style, almost like Archer asked with like the thick kind of black lines outlining it. Uh, I actually really dug this movie. I wasn't expecting to like it so much, but it's very much, uh, superman coming into his own in the world and he's just trying to find his place among uh the people so he's not even called superman yet he's just he goes to metropolis he's kind of like fighting crime or like helping the city in like a flight suit it looks like Mm. and then he gets his suit and he lobo's there and martian Manhunter is there john jones um and it's actually a really cool story because it's just like he he's trying to find his place because he's the last of his kind and john jones is there helping him too because he's the last martian um, and yeah, I just I just really dug this movie. I thought it was really great storytelling, and and it's a very hopeful Superman movie as well too, which um, I've missed a lot because as much as I love Man of Steel and and Henry Cavill as Superman, I think there's just like this sometimes this just positivity missing sometimes from those movies. Like this just this over like I'm just happy, you know what I mean? Where right, Batman right. versus Superman is a very Darker film. Right. There's right? hope. Literally. literally. Yeah. You know, so I think uh, Man of Tomorrow is, is a, does a great job of that, and I and I really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping in the future, whenever the next live-action Superman movie happens, they'll pull some of that positivity from it. Uh, I also checked out Bill and Ted Face the Music, which was everything I wanted it to be, which means it was just absolutely ridiculous and silly And Keanu and Alex Winter just having a good time. And I just, I really dug this movie. It's, it's funny. It's just, it's literally just, it's, it's always hard when you have a sequel that's done like almost 30 years later. Right. But this just felt like a natural progression of these characters. And they just kind of went right, they slipped right back into their Bill and Ted mode and they just had a good time. And it was a fun watch. What would you give it? Oh, oh, if, this is the thing, you know. It's 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 a very distinct type of movie. It's not just a movie you could recommend to somebody, right? Right. Like you're not going to start with this if you if you're looking for a zany, weird, stoner esque movie, start with the first one, watch the second one, then watch this one. Because if you just dive into the third one, you're not going. This one's for the fans. This right. one's for the the day one Bill and Ted fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I would definitely say stream it because that's your only option really right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I would definitely say stream it. Yes. Uh, did I watch anything? Yes. Anything else this week? Yes. Of course I did. I watched Forty Two. So I put on Forty Two on yesterday night. Yes. Yeah. So I watched Forty Two yesterday, and I was also watching Black Panther yesterday, obviously because of Chadwick Boseman. And of course, he is just an incredible in both those films. If you obviously, I most of the people listening to this, I feel, have watched Black Panther. Yeah. You'll. It's harder to find somebody who hasn't watched it. Um, but it's very easy to find people who haven't watched 42. Mm-hmm. So watch 42. That's a great starting point for his filmography. Yeah. Anthony, what about you? What did you watch this week?
2: Um, I finished watching The Preacher. So nice. I finished the series. Um, then I moved on to watching The Tenet with you guys. And you'll hear our review. <laughs> the, the Tenet. Game. That was <laughs> the one Tenet. that he watched. That was, the, was a different yeah. movie. Uh, pretending I'm Superman. I'm a Superman. I am. I'm a <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Tony Hawk video game. Story, um, I watched that. I thought it was really, really well done. It brought me back to my teenage years of playing Tony Hawk. Um, then I played on, put on High Score, which is on Netflix. It's a documentary four episode doc, or I think four or five, uh, and they talk about you know stories of video games and how video games kind of came about. So they talk about like first person shooters and. Um, Street Fighter and Nintendo, and they actually dive into quite a bit of stuff. They talk about Nintendo power and this kid who won, you know, a Nintendo championship and uh, Street Fighter champion, Mortal Kombat champions. Uh, uh, who was the creator for Doom? Uh, something ID. Oh, I, I, it's software. It's yeah. software and how they developed and how they created multiplayer gaming in nineteen ninety three and yeah, with like quake and everything right it's yeah crazy. Uh, with doom with and, doom, yeah, and it was just like, wow, you didn't even know you learned about Kirby and yeah how kirby was um how Kirby came along or where you got his name, so it's a really really fun doc I, while while I was playing it, I was finishing up my lego n e s thing. It's just funny that I finished right when they were talking about Super Mario and um uh, so you doing all the episodes. Yeah, it oh, was, it's a, watch it. It's a short. It's only five. I think that's the only problem I had with it. I wanted more. Yeah, uh, because they really dive into talking to these creators. Hmm. Was uh, uh, Was Sakurai on it? Who the creator of Kirby? Was it the creator of Kirby on it? No, okay. uh, but they talk about where Kirby, how Kirby origin got his name, because there was a, a battle between. Um, I think Universal owns King Kong. Yeah, and Nintendo. Um, Came out with King Kong and yeah, or Donkey Kong, yeah. Donkey Kong. And Universal said, Well, you can't use this because you know, he's a monkey, and yeah. <laughs> we already like he looks like
0: we have the monkey have market, Kong, in but the it's, monkey market is ours. They,
2: at the end of the day, they they won. But the guy who was representing Nintendo, his name was Kirby. His I forgot his full name, but his first name was Kirby. Or his last name is Kirby. One of the two. Um, <laughs> one of the names is Kirby. <laughs> one of the names is Kirby. And how Nintendo honored this lawyer yeah. for like doing all these things because he was from like the United States. Yes. Yeah. Wow, they the... named their you know colorful pink cloudy yeah. dude Kirby <laughs> in honor of this That's lawyer. It's just these are like little things that you yeah. didn't know about, uh, especially with you know you learn about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and how they they change the genre of yeah. video games and fighting and like the resurgence of arcades because yep. of that. Um and they talk about um you know sports gaming as a sport. Yeah. Right? Um there's so much things that you'll learn. You'll learn about why like the ET game, how this oh, poor guy oh, man. this poor guy and they they have they they have the creator there and how he Try to make it, uh, it. <laughs> he tried to make it It's it 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 just like he almost caused video games to like collapse, collapse. Yeah. and it was not his fault he he just did what he could do yeah and he, maybe he took too much at the time but it was he just finished doing Indiana Jones yeah and then he did E.T. and he's, he actually met Steven Spielberg yeah. and Spielberg wanted um, E.T. to be more vil- very similar to Pac-Man he's like well I don't think that's going to be the best no. idea <laughs> But yeah, there's a
1: documentary on that too, where yes, they like there's they're like, covering, right? The, yeah, where they're like in the dumpster, there was like thousands of yeah. The dump had like thousands of that. Um, it's funny you mentioned like the Kirby thing too, because Nintendo named Mario after. One of the, I think the building managers too. One of the plumbers. One of the plumbers in, the- <laughs> in the building. It's like, yeah. they're just like, let's just pull from the names that are around us. <laughs> What's uh, your name? That's funny. Uh, it's Luigi. Luigi's. Consider it done.
2: <laughs> so I encourage you to yeah. watch it if you're really into gaming. It doesn't dive into anything new, but they talk about like the foundations of gaming. Yeah. First person shooters, fighters, the Sega game yeah. consoles, like. I was a Sega dude growing up. Yeah. That's just how I was because it was my... And they had this guy, the creator of Sega. He's like, well, we wanted, you know, the older generation to pull in the younger generation. And my brother brought me into Sega. So they did what they were supposed yeah. to Um And how they created Sonic. For and all sure. That. It's so good. Yeah. It was well done. The only problem, I, I, like I said, is... It was short. Yeah. I wish there was more episodes, and maybe there will be, maybe in the future.
1: There was um there's another documentary on Netflix too. I think it's called, like the movies that made us or yes. something like that. Yeah. Where it's like I hope this isn't like that gets more seasons and I hope High Score gets more seasons, but you had a very nostalgic uh week with like The Tony Hawk Doc. Yeah. And then now this, it's uh, it was a very video game focused week for you.
2: And then I watched uh Lovecraft Ca- uh, Country. Yep. Uh that's a HBO series. Really well made. I don't know how I feel about it right now because it's only 2 episodes in. But it's it's really good. But it's, it's, it, it's <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it right now. But, but I love episode. it, and I
0: can't wait for episode three. It's really three. good
2: because it's well acted. So it stars uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, Journey Smollett, Courtney B. Vance, and Michael Kenneth Williams. I love Courtney B. Vance. He was so good in the OJ one. And the visuals look great. Storytelling looks great. It's it's a story about a son who's trying to find his father in the South. And you, he deals with like racism. There's a lot of racism happening, but then there's these like paranormal things that are happening at the same time. And he belongs, or he's part of a bloodline that's connected to like this cult of sorts. Yeah. And they use modern music. They have like a lot of like old style music plus like new style music, right. like Marilyn Manson. And they just tie everything together. And it's taking place in the 60s. I want to say the 60s. Right. It. It's. It's interesting, but I don't know how I feel about it right. right now. I just like it. Yeah, I just like it because it's giving me two types of movies. Like it's giving me like Ghost of Mississippi. Like it's just yeah. you know, horrible racism happening, but then there's also weird sci-fi to uh, it, right? Sci-fi to it. And like how these these three guys, these three people deal with what's happening around right. them. So it's a, it's like it's almost like it's Remember marriage. right? Yeah, remember um Cowboys versus, versus aliens? aliens. Yeah, it's kind like of like that. But like But enjoyable. <laughs> yeah and this gra- the CG yeah. is some of the best CG I've seen in TV's um, not that I'm um, like crazy but really For, well done I watched the first half of
1: episode one and there's that opening scene where he's reading John Carter right and like it's like he's on like alien planet and I think Jackie Robinson is there Yeah, too. Jackie Robinson is like and it's like dreaming of him you know it's just like it's like I was watching this I'm like damn this is like some like theater level CG work done right. here so I, I'm, I'm loving that we're seeing That level of uh, CG appearing on the TV side now, too.
2: Yeah. So, if you're interested in watching, it's on Sundays. And it's on Crave. Yeah. Um, And then I played, and I put on, or, yeah, I did play, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Because the original Metal Gear. Because in history, like, before Metal Gear, there was no cinematic gaming experience. Metal Gear is that game that made cinematic gaming a thing. For gamers, yeah, Yeah. you know, like you play, you put this disc in, and right off the bat, you're in the game. There's dialogue, there's people talking. You're not even playing it; you're just learning. Watching, (laughs) you're watching, and half of this game is just listening, right? But it's so well made. The only, you know, I wish there was a remake of this game, but a really well done remake. I know they did it for the GameCube, and right, but it wasn't that great. I think I think we'll get a. I'd love to see like a a
1: full-on proper remake of the first Metal Gear. That'd be really cool to see. I think it's just messy with, you know, Konami and
2: And Kojima and and, and just
0: how that marriage didn't go well.
2: Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it brought me back as the last time I played it was when I had my PlayStation one. Right. So yeah, it was uh, very nostalgic. And now that I've, I'm a lot older. I can understand what's happening because I right. played all the. You can gears, read now, and I can read now. <laughs> um, But damn, the game is hard. That game's hard at oh. some point. So There's a lot of backtracking. A lot of like, you got to make sure you have your enough rations and all that. And
1: though early like people, I don't think like people understand sometimes that didn't play games like earlier generation games. That those games are just unforgiving. Right. Like we like I was playing like the NES games on my Switch. And like I have a rewind feature now. I could go back. If right. I mess I oh can finish God. a game yeah. with like nine hundred and ninety-nine lives. But back in the day, like when you when you die and you're so far into like any game like Donkey Kong that's or it. Mario Brothers and you die, like it's such a like it's like that's it. You yeah. can't do anything. Now it's like I could be flawless the whole way through. Yeah.
2: yeah. Even visually, like playing a game that's not as clear polygonally, like yeah. in a yeah. sense yes. that it's just jaggedy and stuff, it's hard to play. It's like it hurts your head. Yeah. It? Um so you know, gamers out there, you should be grateful for what you get right now. <laughs> oh, for like, sure, it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: especially when you when you're playing old games on higher def TVs. Like I, I, went back a few years ago and I put on an N64 and I played Mario Kart and I guess the frame rate yeah. really that's happening. I was like, your TV just slapped you. It was <laughs> just hurting my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like, how do we play? This is why our parents said to stay away from the TV.
2: Yeah. Oh, the CRTV would yeah. definitely mess you up yeah. back in the day. I like I remember when I got Metal Gear and i would think it was 1999 i put on i've never experienced something like this ever same year like, as the matrix that was a good good year for you that was a great year and it was just <laughs> the last you year you came into your own that year yeah. <laughs> yeah, did i did <laughs> you guys, last... have you guys
1: played metal gear no, no? Uh, i've i've played about six hours of metal gear 5 right and that's yeah oh. yeah that's that's yeah and, and that's, that's I mean,
0: i've touched here and there but i think that's nothing you know i know
1: that's a oh, thing. i have I, played ground zeros all the way through yeah. but oh that ground like, zeros too
2: yeah same yeah but not um, like middle Year Solid, Middle no. Year Solid and I, 2. And and
1: it's one of those it's one of those game series that as like I was on the Nintendo side growing up. Right, right, right. Um and obviously like it started on NES those games and uh he had a game on GameCube and everything like that too, but it's just those games always felt like like the adult games. Like right. those were like, Oh, those are those are the games
2: for the sixteen year olds. I
0: can't play that. I can't play that they, game. They were though. They you were. Know?
2: Like even going back to a lot of the sexual innuendos yeah. in these games. Like, Man. You're like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, like,
0: I, Mario 64 had zero sexual innuendos. Oh, so, well, dude,
2: are you sure? Are you sure? He was a plumber.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, he was laying the pipe. You oh, right. there you go. See, okay. there you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. But and yeah, that's, on what, that's what I did this week. What about you, Shay? I, I, I didn't get to watch much this week. I watched Tenet, as obviously talked about, New Mutants as well, uh, Black Panther, and I've been continuing my watch of Batman Beyond. I'm on, I'm, I think, halfway through season two now. Oh, wow. Burning uh, through uh, it, eh? Burning, burning you know, the candle at both ends. <laughs> is that what the term is? Uh, not in the future. Not in the future. No. Uh, but I one of the, my, my favorite watches this week was I, I put on the social network. Um, with David Fincher's commentary, I love love his commentary, and I think if you're a, if you're a fan of films and you have a movie that you really enjoy, try putting it on with with commentary. I was very upset that the iTunes version didn't have commentary, so I luckily I still have my Blu-ray, so I popped that in and gave it a watch. But he's just so funny because when he talks about the movies, he 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 comes at it so naturally. Like he was talking about how in the scene where the girl hands him the note that says "you dick on it." They're supposed to say "fuck you" on there, but he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, Sony said, okay, well, we're gonna teeter on the line of like PG thirteen and R. We can't put it, and he's like, I just don't think you dick comes off as strong as "fuck you." <laughs> But, yeah, and it was it was just funny because he kept talking about it. He's like, yeah, man, Aaron Sorkin's writing is so good. So if you want to, you know, send him a message, his email is. And then it's just, like, bleeped out. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he loves getting emails from people. Just so please bother him. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a troll. And you can tell he has so much love for film. Yeah, um, that, uh, yeah it was just he, a lot of fun. He's, just,
1: he's just no fucks given. Yeah, you, and know? I think
0: when we, when we talk about the Gone Girl uh, commentary, yeah. <laughs> we always talk about how, you know, Uh, He starts off as saying like, yeah, Jillian, the writer of the the book and the screenplay was saying how, um, you know, she always pictured this town, but she kept it a secret. And I was like, don't give me any more fucking secrets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or like when he was talking about in Gone Girl 2, like, yeah, you know, we we originally in the script, it was Ben wearing a Yankees hat, but... you know, he just said he wouldn't go for it, so we had to shut production down for four days. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he just calls him <laughs> the lawyers baby, were involved. Yeah, he like a little
0: baby or something like that too. It's just funny. Yeah, yeah the does way he, he wear did. the Yankee hat? No, he wears no. a Mets hat. I think he wears a Mets hat. Yeah, yeah they, they compromise. Yeah, yeah, he's like no,
1: nah, he's like because he knows like he, he's a he's a he's Boston a, he's fan. A you know, fan, it's yeah. it, he said he'd be like a meme. It'd be like a joke. Yeah, if he, if
0: he if he's yeah if he wore a, a Yankees hat or like that's
2: it. You yeah. know, <laughs> come on, Ben. But that tattoo on his back. That's, that's okay. a...
0: Yeah,
1: that's a Red
2: Sox tattoo. <laughs>
0: is it? Or, yeah. no, sorry, eagle, uh, I thought it was... That eagle? No, sorry, eagle. Phoenix. I thought
1: it was an Order of the Phoenix tattoo. It was a Harry Potter it's, it's tattoo. It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. The, Phoenix, the <clears throat> Phoenix's name is uh, Red Sox. Oh, ah, okay. Got yeah. you. He's also wearing
0: Red yeah. Sox. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's what I watched this week. Now, we will be jumping into our interview with Ludwig Gore, the director of Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story welcome back to the movie podcast joining us now to discuss his documentary pretending i'm a superman the tony hawk video game story is director ludwig gore ludwig welcome to the show thanks guys thanks for having me awesome awesome to have you here and of course you're joined by us the movie podcast you have daniel and anthony here too Uh, So congrats on the release of the doc. We spoke about it last week on the show, and we loved it. And it totally gave us a nostalgia trip and transferred us back to playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater
4: back in the day. How have you found the fan reaction so far? It's been pretty good, man. You know, obviously, there's always that kind of line, you know, between satisfying, like, the hardcore fans versus satisfying, like, your kind of casual, you know, gamer. And, you know, I think we kind of managed to... uh, to satisfy both ends you know obviously i i don't think the film provides a whole lot of new information for maybe the most hardcore of hardcore people but you know there, there's bits here and there which are brand new which are like never you know been said in an interview or anything like that and i think you know the best thing with it was, with the documentary was actually talking to the skaters because you know the skaters have rarely spoken in public about the video games and their experience with them especially not like jamie thomas and chad musk and stuff like that so it's really cool to kind of have them all in like one piece talking about the game and how that affected skateboarding you know
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that because when, you know, I saw Chad Muska in the documentary, it definitely took me right back to the games, but I was very, I guess, surprised to how... Um genuine and authentic he was about his experience with making the game and almost his uh, reluctance to kind of go forward with it so i think the way you captured all that really made it not just seem like a a very flashy documentary in the sense that everything is nice and crystal clear but it's like no there were these issues too and we wanted to bring them to light so thank
4: you for that oh thank you
1: (laughs) one of the things that i i loved and i was saying this on last week's episode is that you know like like i'm 27 years old right now so right around this time like i was really starting to kind of start gaining my interest into new things so skateboarding was one of those things and like obviously the tony hawk games meant so much to me and when i think back to the early 2000s you know you had like jackass coming into play and like just the whole kind of skateboard culture was really starting to kind of dominate culture at that time um i wanted to ask you like how did you get involved in this project how did this project like come about and how did you get the attention of tony hawk to get this made
4: yeah man so like you know back in the day i think um well let's see hang on how should i tell you well so back in the day i had a youtube channel which was known as Ice per forever where i would like upload tony hawk's per skater videos and this was like at the time when the tony hawkins were like completely completely dead, you know, no, there were no games being made, there was nothing, there was no hope or anything like that. So it's very different from now. <laughs> so that was essentially the only YouTube channel that was covering the Tony Iceberg Skater games and those videos actually caught the attention of Ralph D'Amato, who's the producer of Pretending I'm a Superman, because I made an amateur documentary about the Tony Ice Skater games and he saw that and re- really appreciated the attention to detail. So he sent it to Tony and Tony had actually already seen it, which was totally awesome, you know, it was kind of mind-blowing to here but then you oh, know we kind of we kind of kept in touch and you know ralph always kind of wanted to produce films as well he just kind of got out of the video game industry for a while he'd produce a couple more video games after tony per skater i should let you know as well he was the producer of tony per skater one to tony hawk's project eight so he went wow. for Neverstop for quite a while and then he worked for Tony Hawk at Tony Hawk Inc. So he actually wanted to do a documentary about Tony Asper Skater. And, you know, I obviously wanted to do it as well. So we kind of teamed up. And then, you know, the summer I graduated high school, I went to California. And he actually allowed me to pitch the film for Tony. Like, he, yeah, it was actually like a really kind of random meeting where he just sent me up. Um, it was the day after 4th of July, I remember. And he said I was going to pitch the film to Tony. I was like, no way, man. And, like, when I met <laughs> Tony... You know, we actually had such a nice conversation. I forgot to even pitch the film. We like spoke for hours. And then at the end of the meeting, I was like, By the way, you want to do this film? And he was like, Yeah, 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 of course I'll do it. So it was, (laughs) that's kind of how it went, really. It it went really quick. And after that, you know, it was, it was fast, man. You know, we, we shot the trailer, you know, three months after that. I mean, our first trailer for Indiegogo, that is.
1: Wow. It's, it's funny. It's funny you say that of just how fast, like, that came together. I mean, even just when you're looking at how fast things changing, like you, you mentioned how video game like skateboard video games were dead. Now we're kind of like in a renaissance period with them all kind of coming back with, you know, the remaster of one and two and Skater XL and Skatebird and all these other like skateboarding games and Skate 4 coming back. Like there's so many now just coming. I think because people had that nostalgia and love for the original pro skater games. How was that first meeting with Tony? Like how did it feel meeting Tony for the first time?
4: It was cool man, you know, obviously he's probably my biggest role model in life, so but you know, he's such a casual or not casual, but he's such a laid back and very like down to earth guy. And it was so awesome being with him, just talking about all the games. And you know, it was actually like you know, this was actually like the year after Tony Hawk's Skater 5 had come out, which wasn't very successful. So we did talk a right. bit about that as well. It was kinda of weird too, you know, for me, obviously I'd never s i would never never seen him outside of an interview like on YouTube or in the skates video. So it was kinda of, obviously that was probably the weird part, like talking to him in like a non Interview kind of way, you know. But it, it was awesome, you know. We became friends quickly, and you know, he, he's such a nice guy. I mean, he's he's one of the nice guy that I know of for sure. And so down to that's earth. amazing, yeah. And so awesome to hang out with too, yeah.
2: Hey Ludwig, how did your path in film begin? We know you made short films before, but did you always eventually want to make a documentary?
4: Not really, dude. I mean, you know, I, you know, I've always been obsessed with films. You know, I'm. I mean, pretty much all my years of high school was spent watching films. You know, I I watch a countless amount of films, and I really want to get into filmmaking. So I think I can't remember. Maybe my second year of high school, I think I made my first short film, which was awful, and then I kind of continued making shorts for a while, and eventually that caught caught some attention in some like very like small festivals. And from there on, it kind of evolved, you know, and this Tony Hawk project, you know, it's kind of always been a backbone of my career, you can say, because, you know, We've been doing it for um, for three years, you know, and during those three years, you know, obviously I haven't worked on it for every day for three years, but during those three years, I've also like expanded my kind of portfolio, doing more documentaries. I did a documentary of Bad Religion too, for example, a mini documentary that is, but and some other short documentaries. So, so it's been really cool, man. I mean, you know, obviously I start, started out making short films. I still make short films because, you know, I horror is probably my biggest passion that's mainly what i want to do but you know i love doing documentaries it's it's so fun and you know obviously with this tony hawk project it really became probably my biggest strength right now at least
2: do you have like any like movie or director influences that you aspire or captivate into your projects
4: Oh, uh, that's a good question. You know, obviously for my kind of, uh, I mean, it depends on what I'm making, you know, but uh, I mean, I'd say probably my favorite director is would probably Richard Kelly, who made uh, Donnie Darko and Softline Tales. Was always, he's always kind of been my god, you know, and David Fincher, too, you know, who made Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, etc. So I guess those two are probably my two big ones. And then obviously, I, c- I cannot forget to mention you know, David Gordon Green and um, and Paul Thomas Anderson.
1: Those are my four favorites Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's wicked. We talk about Fincher a lot on our show. We love Fincher. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's the best.
0: Absolutely. Huge fan of Fincher. Now, your documentary covers a lot of ground and figures within the Tony Hawk games. What was it like meeting so many of those iconic skaters and hearing about their experiences firsthand? I know you talked about Chad, but uh,
4: all these other great people that even some of them I had never even heard of. What was that like? It was awesome. You know, obviously, I knew of them because, you know, skateboarding is one of my biggest passions, too. So uh, it was awesome, you know, getting to meet them and interview them because, you know, like I said, they're all very down to earth and very kind of honest and authentic. You know, I don't feel like, you know, like when you interview some people, you kind of notice that they go into a different kind of persona. But I don't feel that way with the skaters at all. I just feel like they're truly being themselves. So it was great. And uh, especially, you know, meeting all, you know, the skaters from the Tony Asperger Skater Games. And, of course, Ronnie Mullen, who's, you know, a really good friend of mine now. And, you know, he's just <laughs> the greatest. Uh, I'm not that's sure awesome. everybody who watches the documentary just kind of could probably listen to him for hours. You know, that's, oh, yeah. there's just something about him. There's just some magic. He's He's definitely one of the smartest people I know. That's wicked. Now,
0: in do you find that the skate culture to be alive in, in Sweden? Is it something that you feel has picked up a lot? I, I noticed in North America it's it's now one of those things where it's it's there in certain areas, but maybe not as popular as it was back in the uh, in the day of Tony Hawk Pro Skater.
4: You know, I can't really tell, but I'd say, you know, skateboarding is kind of coming back up and You know, I think in Sweden too, there's always kind of been an accessibility, which may have been greater than some areas in America. There's a lot of public skate parks and stuff like that being built all the time. So I feel like skateboarding is thriving. And, you know, Sweden too has had, you know, some of the most, some of the greatest skaters of all time. Actually, you know, the original Bones Brigade roster... Included the skater called Pervelinder, who's a Swedish guy who was actually the only guy ever to beat Rodney Mullen in the competition. Wow! Oh wow! And then also, you know, H Street, you know, was started by Tony Magnuson, who's also Swedish. And then lastly, you know, Ali Bulala is also like one of the great. He was even in the, in a video game actually, EA Skate. He was in the first game, Ali Bulala. He's a Swedish guy too. So you know, obviously, there's you know, there's been a lot of good Swedish skaters over the years.
1: That's wicked, man um i was just like we we what's funny we we put out a poll like we asked our listeners you know what what is it about these games that make them so iconic um and obviously like aside from the skaters the thing that we heard back most was of course the music um and of course i want to talk we're going to talk about music with you from these games because it's nothing short of amazing but um what do you think makes these games such an important part of video game history
4: you know, I think truly they they definitely gave birth to that extreme sports game genre, which in the early 2000s, it was probably the biggest genre out there. It was kind of like what, you know, what do you call them? Battle Royale games are now. You know, there were like tons right. of games being made all the time. They were hugely popular. It was almost like a guarantee that, you know, you you'd get some good sales if you made like a game about BMX, about snowboarding, wakeboarding, whatever there was, you know. I mean, there, there were probably like 20 games released every year. So I think kind of gave birth to that. Uh, sorry, what was your question again? So sorry. Um,
1: no, I was going to say, what do you think makes these games such an important part of video game history? Right.
4: So, you know, I think essentially they invented a whole new genre and genre and show that skateboarding, you know, video games, and like sports games in particular, could be so much more than just sports games. Because Tony Pro Skater just showed the freedom of skateboarding and that can be taken into any game. You know, I feel like, you know, in a way they influence, like a lot of video game genres, you know, I couldn't probably pinpoint everything. Obviously sports games were probably the ones they changed the most, but you know, I think if you look at a lot of other games too, like life is strange, for example, talking about the soundtrack, life is strange. I don't know if you guys play that game. Um, But that game, you know, obviously it couldn't be more different for Tony Oxford Skater, but it features a soundtrack which is very iconic with, like, Indie Rock and stuff like that. And I think, you know, the way that the Tony Oxford Skater games used, like, licensed soundtracks in them just influenced, like, every single game that came after. And I definitely would like to think, at least, that that influenced the decision from the makers of Life is Strange to include, like, Indie Rock from Jose Gonzalez, Mogwai, and a lot of bands like that and you know which right. then became hugely popular obviously you know a lot of those bands in life strange may have been more established than the ones in Tony x per skater but i do remember seeing it giving increased popularity to bands like mogwai
1: yeah i mean i love that you you took the time like to feature so many different artists in you in the documentary as well and you know you had goldfinger there like talking about like Nobody knew who we were when we were playing this show, but as soon as we started playing Superman, everybody started going crazy, right? And that's and like it's it's amazing how you have those uh, th- those songs that are just so like tied to like a piece of like your history, or your nostalgia that instantly just kind of trigger you and bring you back to a time. And these games have that so much. Um, and you and you mentioned too, like how much I think uh, Tony Hawk, these pro skater games, influenced other games. I mean, even if you look at. Uh, like Spider-Man and, you know, Neversoft worked on the the PS2 Spider-Man games. But when you see like kind of like the fluidity and how Spider-Man moves, like it reminds me so much of like seeing Tony doing different tricks on the board. And I, you could kind of see that correlation there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I and,
4: fully agree as a huge fan of those games of the Spider-Man games, too, especially the new one by Insomniac. Yeah, know, I fully agree with you.
1: You see that and like even with like GTA and like the different music soundtracks like oh yeah that's yeah. that's something you you see that right Yeah GTA um, 5
4: even paid tribute to Tony Hawk Pro Skater actually by including some songs from Tony Hawk 3 in the game you know which was just amazing for me obviously
1: Love it Which game do you think has the best soundtrack out of the if we keep it to the original Pro Skaters out of the 4
4: You know, it's such a good question because I'm actually, you know, (laughs) I'm being asked by some other people now to compile, like, my 10 favorite songs from the Tony Hawk games and why. Oh, wow. I actually ended up picking most songs from Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. And that's, as you may know, uh, so that soundtrack actually featured 14 original songs that were recorded from, like, very popular pop-punk bands at that time, like Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance. They recorded songs for the game, exclusively for the game, and All of those songs were covers of, you know, 80s hardcore punk songs. And I think that was my introduction to both worlds. Obviously, I'd listened to a lot of pop punk at that time. Still one of my favorite genres. And then you had them covering like Misfits. And I thought that was just awesome. And then along along with a lot of like SoCal hardcore punk songs from Dead Kennedys too, I just felt like that mix was awesome. And also they got a lot of good rappers like Fat Lip.
2: Yeah, 100%, man. As... As a filmmaker, what do you think is the most difficult part about making films? Oh and man. Specifically making this film. I
4: mean, getting a made, is a, you know, definitely the hardest part. <laughs> I mean, ma- I mean, making a good film, you know, is hard too, but if I should just maybe be a bit more specific, you know, funding is obviously a, a huge problem with filmmaking, you know, obviously funding your products is going to be the most difficult part. You just kind of have to do the products in whatever way is possible for you. Um, also kind of when it comes to documentary specifically, it's kind of pinpointing what do you want to do with the documentary and what do you want to say with it. Because you know, when we started out as product, we originally wanted to make a documentary about like you know, every Tony Hawk game from like Tony Hawk one to Tony Hawks per skater five and like cover each game. And then we kind of realized that's not really what we should be doing. So like, I think halfway through the process, we just kind of changed that too. We should just focus on the you know, the skaters instead, like not just the skaters, but that should be a big part of the movie. Like we shouldn't focus as much, unlike you know we did a creator part by putting these codes together and stuff like that we should try to tell the stories of skaters too so it's really about like with documentaries especially it's about kind of like drawing the finish line of like you know where do i want to go with the documentary and how do we finish it i think that's the hardest part and if you manage to do that with any documentary i mean that's you know, it's, you, you you deserve a standing ovation you know
2: Mm-hmm. Documentaries are very difficult to make Because you just shoot You just shoot and shoot And then you gotta tell the story at the end of it um, One thing that I noticed from your doc Is you interview quite a bit of people Like how did you connect with these guys These skaters And every single person that you interviewed How did you reach out to them
4: so, you know, Ralph D'Amato, who was the producer of the film and, you know, who is who is essentially the guy I work with to get this film made. And, you know, we kind of worked together for such a long time now doing this project. I mean, he worked in Eversoft and he was the producer of the Tony Hawk game. So he, he kept in touch with a lot of the skaters. So we managed to get him through that and other contexts of this. So... You know, I don't want to call it easy, but I feel like getting the talent was definitely the easiest part of the process because they all agreed to it because, you know, Ralph DeMato's name was attached to the project. I don't think they would have agreed as easily if it, would, if it was just my name because, you know, they had no idea who I was, just a kid from Sweden. But with Ralph, you know, Ralph's name to the project, they agreed immediately. You know, he added so much professionalism to the project. And, you know, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for
1: that. Did you find making your documentary like harder than making your short films?
4: Uh, you know, it's just—I mean, it's two different worlds, man. You know, a short film—you have three days to shoot it and you're done. You know, a documentary—you shoot. I mean, we shot this documentary over three years, so you know, that's—it's just such a different, you know, um, perspective. You know that you get, but. I mean, I'd say with documentaries, you know, the editing process is definitely a lot harder because you can make a movie out of pretty much anything, you know, with the documentaries. But with a film, you know, you have the script and it's kind of set from the get-go what you're going to do with the film. I mean, obviously an edit might turn out different, but at least you're conveying the same story and same message. You know, documentaries, you can convey any message or any story with any interviews, you know. It's kind of how you put it. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I... I wouldn't really want to compare the two, but I definitely say that you need to invest a lot more time with documentaries when you're in the
1: editing room. For sure. I love, uh, there's that, that moment in the documentary that, you know, we, we were talking last week again about, cause I just loved how you were just kind of cutting between, uh, like Tony doing the 900 and like that whole build up to the, like the game coming out in the night when he's landing the 900. And then you kind of, you you're ending the documentary on that note as well too and you i love that moment where you're literally just cutting between tony doing the 900 now and like to the footage of him in game doing the 900 it's such like a magical moment seeing like this thing that he finally landed in real life is now like such a part of skate culture and like something that that like when you're a kid like when i'm watching this or playing this as a kid you're like oh i want to do a 900 i'll never be able to do a 900 yeah but it's just it's just just so cool seeing it like seeing tony do it and just the way you you told your story kind of around that and then ending with it um it's so cool like it it must be like it must have been like such a a fun time editing all this footage you how much how much extra footage do you have that didn't make it into the movie
4: a lot man there's a lot of hours that didn't make it into the movie i mean we could probably make Maybe two more films from, you know, the footage. (laughs) I don't doubt it. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people that were cut from the film and stuff like that. But, you know, in the end, you know, it was kind of like, you know, our first version of the film was two hours long. And, you know, it's, I mean, there's a reason it definitely got cut after that. You know, obviously the film was a lot different when we had the first cut compared to what it's now. Right. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot left on the cutting room floor for, for sure.
0: I will say with with the length of the film that you kind of kept it at it was so digestible at that at the at the mark that you left it at because when you want to sit down and watch a documentary if you get it too long you just start to maybe you know feel the weight of it but man I was in and out of this and I was so engaged so uh, really good good job on the editing. Oh, thank you man. Thank you. Now I'm I'm going to assume you've been playing the the remaster coming out
4: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: awesome. What are you looking forward to most with this?
4: I don't know, man. Just playing the game and you know playing with friends. Some like of that, <laughs> obviously, among my friends. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of the Tony Hawk guy, so I'm actually going to host a pretty big party at my house. why. To, playing, to <laughs> play, playing Tony Hawk one, playing Tony Hawk Skate One and two. You know, next Friday, and that's going to be really awesome. Uh, I think you know, actually, you know, I'm really excited about the new soundtrack because it's really good. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of songs from the original. Mm-hmm. I think they're only missing about five, but the new songs they've added too are so good. I mean, they got you know a new song by Machine Gun Kelly. They got Real Big Fish for the first time. You know, I'm actually a yeah. trumpet player in, in a ska band, so obviously I love any ska. And they added some new ska songs to the game, which is awesome because you know the Year was my introduction to ska punk. So and now they're adding more ska punk songs to the roster. So and I can't wait to just play it and especially play. I think my favorite level in all of Tony Hawk is... Actually, that's the airport and that's not going to be in there, but School 2 for right. sure is one of them. School and I fantastic. can't wait to play that. Yeah.
1: I love would, that... Uh, you, oh, sorry,
4: Trey.
0: No, I was just going to say, what did you play the original um, games on? Did you ever play them on N64
4: or was it a PlayStation? Yeah, I played them on PlayStation and the GameCube too. So I would nice. play uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 and PlayStation 1 and then i played the rest on GameCube. And And then eventually, you know, when I when i started getting a higher allowance as a kid i did get a, <laughs> I did get a ps2 just so i could play the tony hawk games online you know and there right. were like maybe 10 people online at best but it was it was worth it for me you know at that time <laughs> for sure
1: yeah <laughs> uh no i was i was gonna say before like because you were mentioning all the new music i'm like even for like i just love seeing like representation from different like bands from across the world right and even for us like local to toronto like billy talent is like a huge one a big band that like meant a lot to me oh, growing yeah. up i was
4: actually gonna mention that billy talent is in the game for the first time too you know you wouldn't yeah that considering how you know how many sx games billy talent were in for example but that's yeah their, yeah that's their first entry man that's just amazing i didn't even think of that yeah
1: yeah it's it's dope it, like you, you love seeing that because like music is such a big part of these games um i was going to ask you like aside from tony hawk games and like from the remaster of one and two do you have a game on the horizon right now that you're looking forward to or where are you right now with your with next generation coming what are you looking forward to playing or what have you played this year that you've really loved so far
4: oh man that that's a good question you know i try to keep up with games as much as i can i don't always succeed at it but you know I mean, we're kind of living in very nostalgic times, so obviously I've been playing, you know, uh, Shenmue Three. If you guys know that, you know, yeah, of course. To, yeah, I mean, you know, I I gotta be honest, I was disappointed, but it was still fun to play and kind of relive those Dreamcast memories. Um, right. This year, I'm looking forward to Resident Evil Eight because I play every Resident Evil game. I love Resident Evil Three as well. I actually thought it was a solid remake um yeah i, I can't wait for makes sense
1: of. since you love horror movies as well yeah yeah, too. yeah. yeah totally <laughs> and
4: i think i think the rest of the evil games are like you know except for maybe the sixth one like real convey a, a kind of unique horror and it's real because you don't you know you only have like three bullets left to you know defeat the boss or whatever i think that's really what to do well and yeah i think that's really it so, sadly i'm looking forward to the new spider-man game of course on the PS5, yep. but that's kind of it right now. I'm really sad to say. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Do you? Uh, what is your like? You I, like you've been playing the demo. I saw the video you posted on Instagram. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. What has been? What's been your high score so far in the warehouse demo?
4: I think I got five million, but I gotta tell you, I didn't Jeez. try hard <laughs> enough. I fe- I feel like if I if I managed to nail down the line, which everybody's doing, like the legendary right. players, I think I could at least maybe score thirty. But you know, we'll see. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, right now it's just talk. <laughs> we'll see, yeah.
1: I can't wait, man. We're so, we're so close. We're one week away from just. the I can't wait to dive back into that game full throttle, man. I'm so oh, yeah. excited.
2: Yeah, totally. Before we finish up, we'd love to know what you've been watching, if anything, during the quarantine, and what you're looking forward to for the rest of the year. That hasn't been delayed till 2021.
4: Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, because I was going to mention a new Saw film, but that that was delayed to 2021, sadly. Um, so. Some films I watched lately. Well, I did check out Tenet. I loved it very much actually. I think it's Christopher Nolan's Southland Tales. If that has any one of you seen Southland Tales? Uh, no.
1: We have not. Yeah, I haven't have seen, not seen it. Okay, but we did okay, watch well, Tenet last night. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Well, if you
4: watch Shuff- well, you should watch Southland Tales too then because I feel like it's a very good like <laughs> double it would make a terrific double feature. It's my favorite film of all time. So, yeah. You, you have to check it out. So Tenet was awesome. I also watched Spree because it was funny. That's actually, if you guys heard it, that's by one of my friends, Eugene. And we released, you know, a feature the same week. So it was pretty funny that, you know, we kind of both landed on the same schedule. And his film is absolutely amazing. It's sort of this kind of social media satire. I guess think American Psycho, but social media. And there you have it. It was super awesome. Well, cool. And then Boy State 2 by Jesse Moss, a doc a terrific documentary which focuses on boy, s- boy State in Texas. Uh it's available on Apple TV Plus. I thought it was amazing. So and what I'm looking forward to is I don't actually know yet. Um hang on, let me see if I can if I can just find anything in my 2020 watch list. <laughs> uh I am very much looking forward to um what Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg, he's making a new film called Possessor, which I'm very much look forward to. I don't think it has a release date yet, but it's this year for sure.
1: Did that that's like he dropped like I think it was posters for it. Yeah, that just look absolutely horrifying yeah um, they do man i mean and the uh, thing about it too is that yeah. i think
4: the film was leaked or something so you know obviously i'm I'm tempted to check it out in a way but I'm, no i can't do that you know i gotta wait for an official release you cannot do that you know yeah
1: no of course you got to support yeah. your industry you know
4: exactly you got to do it man and i, I you know and whatever he's got cooking you know he's been you know i've been waiting for his next product for eight years now so i mean yeah
1: it's i don't want to kill the hype just yet you know yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, it looks that looks terrifying. And I mean, if you're this, I do not I don't I can't imagine like as a son of David Cronenberg what what you're gonna come up with like after being around what your dad has created all your life. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I can't
4: imagine either. <laughs> and I actually read that he was on set on the video game movie that David Cronenberg did. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he must have been traumatized as a child from being on that. Step. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, no no doubt. <laughs> no
0: yeah. doubt. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of great movies that, I mean, hopefully will be coming out next year pending. Everything kind of goes a lot better. I'm really glad we got Tenet last night, finally got to watch that. And I think we're going to go get a chance to see the new mutants as well. So slowly and surely things will kind of start to go back to normal. So I'm excited for that.
4: Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Tenet was great. I, I can't wait to see it again, actually. Yeah. To understand it yeah, more. I know. Sure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understanding more and just trying to kind of grasp on everything. Obviously, you know, there's, uh, I mean, there, there's just so much to that movie. I could probably go on forever, honestly. For sure, for sure. Ludwig, again, thank you so much for joining us today on the Movie Podcast. We can't
0: wait for more people to watch a documentary and learn about what and who makes these games so special. And we wish you all the best and we hope you can come have you back on the show soon, okay?
4: Yeah, man, I hope so too, man. Thanks, thank you guys for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thank
1: you <laughs> thank so you much, Ludwig. Thank,
0: thank you, you so much.
4: <laughs> Thank you so
0: much, Ludwig. Thank you for coming on our show and, of course, talking to us about your amazing documentary. We had so much fun watching it. So I'm really glad that uh, you know everyone else can hopefully
1: go get a chance to watch it as well. He's uh, he's a talented kid, man. Oh, buddy! Like he's this guy's 22, and he's you know hanging out with Tony Hawk and Chad Muska and Rodney Mullen, like just making documentaries and making these uh, short horror films. Good on him, man. Very, He's a cool, very, very cool
0: guy. And, of course, you can follow
1: Ludwig on
0: Twitter and on Instagram. His handle is L-U-D-V-I-G-G-U-R.
1: So it's Ludwig Gore. Yeah. And the sh- it will also be in our show notes as well, too. So you'll be able to uh check out the show notes and follow us there. Yeah. If you want to follow Tony Hawk
0: on Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Tony Hawk I heard that he liked a post <laughs> Tony if you're listening if t- <laughs> you you liked one of our pictures yeah. so clearly you want to talk yeah. and you want to you know have Anthony skate with you a little bit you know bored and
2: shred I could do a 900 <laughs> You can... what's a double 900 what's the math on that it's 1800 1800 yeah the war of 1800 <laughs> But but legit, don't question my
1: trenches. (laughs) It sounds like a joke, but Tony Hawk actually did like our post that Ludwig was going to be on the show. So hopefully, today being the Monday of the release, when he sees the video that we made, he likes that too. And Um, follow us. And follow us. And and come on the show. (laughs) My name is Tony as well. Yeah, Yeah. it's
2: Yeah, Should we call him Anthony Hawk? Um, I'm pretty sure that's his name. No. Nobody names their kid Tony. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't know,
0: His his name is Tonyus.
2: Tony yeah. is hockeyist. No, one, is hockey. no one has <laughs> ever named Roman their kid. Yeah, I'm going to name my kid Tony. They'll just say Anthony. Most Italians do, right? They say Anthony, but the, their short <laughs> name is Tony. How do you say Anthony in Italian? Antonio. Ah, sorry. Si. Right. Oh. Tony.
1: Tony. <laughs> <laughs> like do, do your parents call you Tony? No. What do they call you? Anthony. Mm, okay. Interesting choice. Yep. Yeah. I like it. We should use that one, too. Yeah. But
2: like, some people call me Tony. I don't mind.
1: I've never heard anyone call you Tony. I hope I never do. Uh, I've heard some people call you Tony before, yeah. and, and it always—oh, you, always, you know what?
0: I've heard one person call him Tony,
1: and it always is just like, Ooh, like Who's, like, who's I, Tony? I don't know yeah. Tony. Who's, who's Tony?
2: Who the,
0: who the fuck is this? guy? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no Tony. I, I ain't hope no tiger <laughs> on this guy. Uh, so let's get into our trivia. Yes, Ooh. our trivia question today is—I'd say pretty easy. Okay, that's because if you watch the doc, which we both, well, all three of us did. And this question should be pretty straightforward. Who oh. is the director? <laughs> Who is the video game based on? I'll give you. Who is he four options. To be. <laughs> so when NeverSoft was making this game, they had never made a sports game before. So they're coming off. I believe the game was called Apocalypse. I believe that's that. that is that the, the trivia? No, that was the game. <laughs> but Apocalypse used a character model of a certain movie actor, and they used that same character model in the first. Uh, I guess. Not demo, yeah, but like to show it off to Tony to Hawk. Show it off to Tony Hawk. They use this character with I think the same weapons attached to yeah, the yeah. back. Who what actor was that?
2: It's an action star, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Come on, Anthony. You know this one. So so you know I know this one. one. I know, I this, know get, this one. So uh I'll, I'll let Anthony
1: one. think about it. Or do I know? it, Or am I going to let Anthony think of it? No. Uh, now we can actually write it on our phones and be like, "I can show you I <laughs> well, know, that your, that your voice." I can show you. Boy.
2: I want to say Bruce Willis. Okay, all right. Oh, Bruce no. Willis is the right answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm trying to remember. If it was it was. Still, I was want to say Bruce uh,
0: Bruce Springsteen. Bruce <laughs> Springsteen. <laughs> it was Bruce the Boss Springsteen. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yeah it, was,
1: uh, yeah, it was Bruce Willis. It was Bruce Willis with guns attached to his back, yeah. <laughs> riding a skateboard. Yeah, wicked.
0: Yeah. So, more information like that is available in the doc, which is called, again, Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. Please go ahead and give it a watch. If you have, if you experienced the childhood in the 90s,
1: you'll, you probably came across Tony Hawk yep. and the Tony Hawk video games. It's a dope documentary. I love very, it. Very, did a great it, job took, it took me right back. Yeah. Awesome talk. And especially with the game coming out this week, too. Mm-hmm. It's perfect timing. Perfect. Yeah.
0: So, again, you can go on our website, talk. leave us uh, a review on Apple Podcasts, send in some questions, let us know what you're watching. And also, if you want us to make another commentary, what movie should we commentate?
2: Yes, <laughs> please. I would love to do one we should more do commentary one more. And then, for the end of the summer. Yeah,
1: and then lock them up. Yeah, lock them, them up again. And then maybe we'll do some spooky ones in October. Yeah. Um, mm. But also, uh, really happy to say that we have the movie podcast on twitter we do so you could follow us now on twitter at the movie podcast and send us your comments suggestions corrections and talk to us there yeah. because that is all ours yes yeah, really happy about that one i totally agree with you
0: so that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next <laughs>